Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. Hello and welcome to Behind the Clipboard. I'm Tamara Cook. And I'm Alyssa Howie. And today we're in the green room with the beautiful twin sisters, Katie and Erica Matheson, who make up Duo Events. Duo is a full-service planning, design, floral and production studio. As well as events and weddings, you guys are absolutely crushing it in creating Instagrammable moments, art and retail installations and visual merchandising. Erica is an interior designer and artist. Katie is a florist. Together you create fabulous things. But enough from me. First thing I want to know is, is there anything that you don't do together? Because obviously you go to the hairdresser together. <laughs> well, yes. she copies me. Oh, she always says that, but that's not the truth. <laughs> um, mm. Is there anything we don't do together? Do, no. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we basically do live in each other's pockets, don't yeah. we? we um, yeah, we, we work and we live together at the moment, so it's quite full on. To be honest, <laughs> and with la- and we turn eight this year in business, so we haven't oh. a killed ourselves or each other or divorced each other yet. Mm. So um, I think that's kind of a good thing. And they say seven's the magic number. Once oh, you make right. it past seven, a relationship will last forever. Exactly. Oh, I thought it was ten. Oh. I thought God, we got two years left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you've passed it. You're good. Seven's nice. sweet. Yeah. So um, tell us about. I know I did an intro, but you. Um, I'd love to hear in your own words who you are, what makes you tick, how you got yeah. here, a little bit about how duo came about. Well, I quite like your intro. You can do our PR all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more succinct than we normally put it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. We, we probably talk too much, use too many words. Um, I think we, if we're going to explain ourselves, it's we really are a creative studio. We um, really thrive on being able to do a lot in-house and then obviously work with those specialists that we need to, um, you know, if it's beyond our capabilities. Um, We started Duo eight years ago. Well, it's it's kind of a bit of a funny story. So it's twofold. I was in um, project leading for commercial interior design firm. Um, I'd been doing it for very, like, many years. Was a little bit at the end of my tether. I was working with Kate at the time on a Saturday morning. Kate used to be a market manager, worked as an operations manager for an mm-hmm. events company. People kept saying to us, you should work together. You should work together. We're like, hell no, we're <laughs> not going to work together because that's just crazy. You know, like we're twins. That will just end in disaster. It's too much, too close. And um, then it just kind of happened. One day I came home from um, work and I was tired. I, w- I mean, I work. we work 80-odd plus hours now, but I was working a lot of hours for somebody else. You know, that same old story. And I was tired and I said, Kate, you know what? I think it's time. We need to do something a bit different. So Kate, um, we started Duo. Kate still worked um, for, you know, to see out her contracts as, as an operations manager. Um, and I, we couldn't afford, essentially, to just have both of us in the business full-time. So Kate ran the business full-time um, and it was about 18 months after um, that or two, year, 
two years, mm, 18 two months years. to two years, that um, I was able to leave the design world and go into the business um, full time. So it was one of the hardest probably two years of business because Kate was kind of dealing with the coal face while I was off trying to finish projects and wrap up and still be, you know, an interface for the job that I was getting paid daily for, but also trying to build a business at the same time. So mm. it was tough. You don't sleep, tough. do you? You don't. No, you no, don't. no. no. Um, and I think if you choose to go into a business um, sort of loan-free, debt-free, and you don't want to, you know, sort of be indebted to it um, at the start, I think it, it is a li- little bit harder because you are kind of juggling all these balls in the air at the same time, mm. um, which, you know, when you look at it now, we were really lucky because we had both of us doing that, mm. which was good. So how did you – was Duo just a no-brainer or how did you Duo? land on that name? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. All our life, yeah, all our life we've been referred to as, oh, he comes the duo or um, the twins. The twins. We never hear our names. Very rarely. (laughs) Very rarely. We never hear our names. We don't. No one. It's very rare that we're called Eric. I I forget my names. My name sometimes because it's never used. I think duo just was quite a natural thing for us, wasn't it? Yeah. just because of our childhood, everyone was like, oh, he's duo. Oh, here comes the duo twins. Um, so we just play on that. Yeah, it's cute. Literally, yeah, we I do. like it. And our brand has um, probably, like most people refer to us as the twins if they're talking to us. Like even business, corporate people will be like, oh, come meet the twins. You know, so it just follows us everywhere we go. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. suppose you have to embrace it or you would go crazy. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you absolutely would. And, and we don't notice it. No, we don't. And, you know, all of our uniforms are branded so that people can tell us apart <laughs> because, you know, that's the worst thing for people that get so embarrassed. We don't care yeah. at all, but they get so embarrassed if they get us wrong. Um, so we just make it super easy for people. We have our names very clearly on our, on our <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> and it's true too because we do have very separate roles in the business. So... Um, I don't really cross over into Kate's realm and she doesn't cross over into my realm. And don't ever ask me anything about flowers. I'm a junior florist, <laughs> literally unqualified. Um, I think I should be intermediate by now after how many years. <laughs> but um, we people ask Katie a question that I, only I can answer and, and then they get really embarrassed about it. Um, so yeah. we, yeah, the name on the shirt really helps. helps. It's very kind. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind. kind, isn't it? We thought so. Yeah. But then we really don't help anybody because we answer to each other's names. Mm. <laughs> so if... It is confusing. Yeah, it is. It's not very nice. They'll go, it? Katie, Katie, and I'm the only one in the room. I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll race back to Kate go this person looks like this and they asked me this and this is how I answered. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you're ready for the next conversation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I know you guys are both really passionate about ideals in an unregulated industry. Can you tell us a little more about why you consider events to be an unregulated industry? Mm. Um, Essentially, you can start an events company tomorrow with no experience and no qualifications um, and no authoritative body to tell you that you can't. And I think it happens so often and there's so many um, companies that do operate in that way. Um, 
that it really shines a light on the fact that we don't have anything that allows or tests or qualifies essentially. So like you take a, an, a, like my background being an interior designer, um, so you look at a design studio or an architect studio, you can't practice being an architect without being an architect. You can't, with, you know, without being, a, have a qualification. Um, but you can, you can go out tomorrow and start a company and play with a lot of people, like a lot of money from a, like clients are trusting you with this, um, you know, to get it right and trusting with a lot of money and you don't have to have anything behind you. And I think for us crossing across, crossing over a lot of sectors within the industry, we see it in so many different areas. Um, if we talk about our wedding sector, I mean, mm. the amount of stories we've heard of a of someone just having their wedding and then going, that was so much fun. Let's start our own company. Mm. Um, yeah, that is so common. That so is common. so common. And I, I think people go, oh, I organised my 18th birthday. I can definitely do this. Yeah. <laughs> they, buy, they buy some props yeah. for yes. particularly weddings. They'll buy a whole bunch of stuff and they're like, oh, I can hire this out. Oh, yes. now I'm an event planner. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Just like that overnight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think – and look – I, we certainly don't want to come across as that you need a qualification to be in this industry. It's not that. It's that you need to have experience. So we are, we talk a lot about being able to gain that experience that you need before starting a business. Um, you know, working in working with other event companies, go get experience, work for a few years, three or four years before starting um, in the industry, in your own company. Because what comes with that is things, and chime in whenever, (laughs) what comes with that is knowing how to value yourself, like knowing um, what what you're worth, um, knowing what you're worth within the industry. Um, I'm kind of, and I'll probably go off on tangents here because I kind of get really um, annoyed is probably not the right word, but I kind of get a little bit frustrated at the idea of people pricing based on their experience. But the reality of that is that the people starting, you know, let's call it year one, if they're pricing so low, they're immediately devaluing our industry. Mm. So we look really expensive Um and they look really cheap, so then they get the work and then mistakes are made and all of that sort of stuff starts happening. So it's this kind of real um, snowball effect really in a way. Like it gains momentum because, you know, people don't know what they're doing. Mm. So we are big on like crack this industry open. I think there's so much cloak and dagger about what we all do and there's there's something about our industry is like oh, I can't talk I'm not going to talk to them I'm not going to tell them what I do I'm not going to tell share how I price um, I'm not going to share good or bad experiences and that in on its own is enough that people don't know what they don't know to ask they don't want to ask because they're afraid to ask and then all of a sudden you start getting this undervaluing underpricing mm. Yeah, and mess. Even, but even as um, further to that is the um, working out what, and we always say this in our company, is working out best practice and benchmarking. Mm. You know, it's one of those things for us where we think unless you've got experience behind you, how can you know what best practice is? How can you know what 
um, you know, certain benchmarks should be in delivering X or delivering Y, um, you know, and unfortunately, you're right, it's a lot of cloak and dagger in the industry. Not all companies are like our company or known associates where you are collaboration, community over competition. Um, I think that fails, unfortunately, in a lot of the sectors in our industry. Mm. And then it becomes much harder to get a bit more of an even keel across the board, which is what essentially we need in order to have a more regulated industry. Mm. I find that a lot of stylists call themselves event managers, which Mm. is such a different thing. And that's been been in my bonnet for a long time. And funny you should mention that, Tamara, because... That is something we also agree with. And we think the problem a lot of the time, in the, especially in the wedding side of it, which in turn sort of picks up events, is that there's no understanding out there. And even with stylists, there's no understanding of what the difference between a wedding coordinator is versus a wedding planner versus a um, wedding stylist, designer, florist. It's all like mixed in one mm. and I can be all of them, except it's not. They're so clearly defined in their role. Mm. You know, so half the time you have a dance floor guy is asked to book the DJ. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Levi has said, <laughs> yeah. said that to me in the past. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, it's just because they deliver to the same event doesn't mm. mean they know how to coordinate. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. Mm. And we, we, you know, Eric and I believe greatly in that if we as our industry aren't educating the client then how can the client know or the potential client know Mm -hmm. you don't know you're not in the industry I don't pretend to know heart surgery I'm not a heart surgeon Mm -hmm. you know I ask the questions I get educated but a lot of clients don't in this industry unfortunately and if we're not all going oh hang on a minute there is a difference between you know that what a wedding coordinator does and what a stylist does yeah um, you know how they should know you know I think it needs to be a lot more transparency out there I think that I think also part of the problem is people one individual wears can wear many different hats. Mm -hmm. So unless that individual is saying, unless you are identifying, if you're one person and you're identifying those roles, each of those roles should be priced differently, priced individually um, and split up into their scope so that the roles are clearly defined. And that then goes back to the client understanding that all of these different things um, are Happening. Different co- mm. happening and a different yeah. cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and associated with that, it's not all in the l- one lump sum. And that's yeah. very fair, yeah. and that that makes sense because for, for us, we're we're managers. And we don't claim mm. to be stylists by any means. Yeah. we will bring in a stylist. We will bring in a florist. We yeah. will, we do um, as event managers. Um, we conceptualize and then we dif- yeah differentiate. We differentiate yeah mm. between all the roles. So. Yes. Yeah, if you are wearing that hat, it, that makes mm. perfect sense to mm. say, okay, we're going to do this, this and this and this and this is what it costs. Yeah. What I love about you guys and how you're approaching this though, it's definitely a really important issue, but you're not tearing anyone down. I love that you're saying, you know what, we all just need to, everyone needs to understand this and upskill and value their worth mm. and know what they're charging and how to run a business and how to timesheet, all of those things. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, we think so because there's no point in going about – we're not going to see change if we go, you know, about it the wrong way, in a negative way because that just doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. Negativity is just toxic to the environment, you know. So for us, you might as well go in there positive and as frustrated as as we might be about some of the issues, it's really important that we're – what's the word I'm looking for? Like we're – 
collectively working together to find a resolution that suits all of us and that can be easily embraced. And that elevates, that elevates, elevates the industry. Mm, yeah. And I think that's the, that's one of the problems as well is, mm. is that there's so much variation between everything in our industry and all of the different services that if we all started benchmarking, talking to each other, communicating, teaching those that are coming through the ranks mm. um, and it, we would start having a level playing field in a way. But at the moment it's just you can be on one side of the football field and someone else is on the other side and doing exactly the same thing and charging a, so differently or treating a client differently. So I think, yeah, working It also together helps, helps as well though. Um, we're very positive people anyway. So I think um, attacking these sorts of problems which – takes basically a village to fix this we all have to work together mm. um there's no other way other than to be positive about it because otherwise yeah. it'd just be quite depressing i'm sure yeah. it's a tricky mountain to climb it is it's a big <laughs> steep mountain yeah sometimes it's a bit overwhelming and i think i'll oh, just go back to doing what i do and just <laughs> leave everyone else out of it and i don't know whether you guys get this a lot but we actually get a lot of people who are startup companies and i'm pretty sure they kind of go oh why do we ask joy um because when we well, get a lot, of what they get from us because they get a bit of a like education with it <laughs> bit um, of a talking to well, <laughs> no not in that way in please place. provide your resume but, you know we we get we get emails a lot that says you know we're looking at starting a company um you know do you have any advice mm. for us you know it, you know and we often, how do we prize how do we, how do we, we often you know direct them into things like you know time sheeting and qualifying your time and you know a lot of people I don't know if you get this but a lot of people ask us how do you price an event and I'm like well you have to work out your overheads you have to work out your um you know all your outgoings you know work out how much you want to live in your lifestyle how much money do you need to live you know and they often don't know this Mm. you know it's you think it's quite easy stuff you think is common knowledge if you're going to start a business yeah but it's actually not and so that then brings you back to that whole education thing and what are templates benchmarking Mm. that can be put in place that maybe is easy for people to access yeah as women as well we just generally undervalue our time and that is a massive thing in events because it it is time consuming it's not rocket science but Mm. it's very particular it's time consuming and it's if you you know when you get to the if you've got the flair you've got the flair but i do I don't think you can truly value your time unless you actually do record it. And I we've spoken about this before with the industry. You only do this once. You price something without knowing what it's really going to take. Let's say you price it at $4,000 and then you record your time on it and it actually costs you three times the amount. Mm. You'll only do it once. Yep. And that's what we always try and tell people is if you start time, like recording your time now – you start learning, okay, that takes me eight hours. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, I can do that within eight hours. And then it doesn't become laborious every time you do a fee proposal because you know how long something on average is going to take. And you know what? You're going to win some and you're going to lose some. Um, and But that's just life. Mm-hmm. And But if you can record it and quantify it, it then makes pricing easier and it makes valuing your time easier. 
Yeah. Mm. And it just makes a lot of sense to mm. be able to see it in black and white and yeah. go, okay, this yeah. is it. Yeah. Well, it's just good business, I think. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I mean, there's nothing worse, just as a side note, there's nothing worse than realising that you worked for about $5 an hour. <gasps> yeah. And, you really, yeah. You know, and I and bet we've all done that. We oh, and we, we have done that on a number of but occasions. You when you first start out, you mm. price something and then you realise it took you way more and you calculate it and you add it up and you go, oh my gosh, I just worked for about $4.50 an hour and that took like 120 <laughs> hours. And but you, look at my pretty pictures. Yeah. This is what I created. I know, and you have this full meltdown and you and like you say, Erica, it's the only time you'll do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or you're driving back from a really long job and you're going, oh, my God, I've just worked out. Oh, okay, cool. That was $5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I left yeah. my corporate job for $5 Doesn't an hour. <laughs> but then what one? do you do like with the – client do you next time sometimes you can't go to the amount that of time that you do put Mm. into it because you guys are really good at what you do you're perfectionists Mm. and so I reckon there would be times where you just couldn't charge what Mm. you're worth because you're putting so much heart and soul into Mm. making it amazing that's there is that's true yeah and that is a probably a downside isn't it I think Um, to be really honest we would we probably do that on an on a daily weekly basis where we're like that should be, you know, a $15,000 fee. That client can't afford a $15,000 fee. So should we do it for $10,000? Oh, no, not that but that makes it sound like we that's just like that's throw a, a figure gap. out of nothing. <laughs> but it's not. It's just like we, ha- we do have a conversation in our business of, um, you know, where, where, can we, yeah, where can we take this and what are we, what are we happy to do? Yeah. You have to have that conversation, yeah. I think, on a regular basis. Um, and you need to look at that, though, in balance with how repeat client, much of a client they are yes. Yes. as well. I think that's very important when you you know that you're going to put your heart and soul into something that is perhaps you're not going to get the full monetary value for. But are they a repeat client? Do you have them five times a year? Therefore, you can justify... Um, that fee for theirs being slightly smaller mm. than what it would be if it was a one-off client, which is a jagged edge anyway. Yeah, but at the sure. same time, I feel like, um, you know, for a company like ours where we do live and breathe our company like you guys do, you live and breathe it, it is what you do and your company is you. Yeah. Um, you know, people come to you because it is you. I think you have to have that level of flexibility slightly. Mm. But I don't think you know it unless Mm. you do the background to it. I don't think you can make those educated decisions unless you have the strategies in place to deal with the decision making. And Mm. I think that's important so it's all that background you know it's it's templating templating everything you can so that you're more efficient in the office it's all those little things add up to being able to make a decision well actually this is a great client let's do this and how do you choose what kind of work you take on Kate's ruthless I'm very ruthless (laughs) (laughs) thanks Erica no um, (laughs) Um, no I'm not ruthless I'm just um We've got ourselves to a stage in our business now where we can um, t- be a little bit more um, choo- selective. Yes, yeah, selective. selective. Great word. Um, selective in in who we work with and who we work for and the relationships that we want to build. Um, because we've got so many sectors in our business, like we've, you know, we've got the VM side, we've got the wedding side, we've got the interior side. You know we are never bored and we get lots of opportunities sent to us 
And we often, more than not, don't actually say no to a lot of things. It's only if we've got a big clash with something else on that when we know we won't be able to give the client the best end result, we'll always recommend or refer over, won't we? Yeah. Um, we do nothing, that quite a lot. Like, yeah, there's nothing well, I mean, worse. we don't say no a lot, but we do refer a lot. Mm. Um, that's just... I'd rather someone, a client gets an excellent experience with someone else mm. um, than that client spending hours Googling who's next. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh we, yeah. yeah. We definitely appreciate referrals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kate is better at saying no than I am. And Kate's got an incredible sixth sense about people and their vibe. Mm. I mm. am totally <laughs> oblivious. Oblivious. Mm. <laughs> Do I, like I just don't notice it. Um, it's good so, when you get that gut feeling, yeah, and it's so empowering when yep. you get that gut feeling and you say no, thank you, yeah, and then Ab- you yeah. just do a little dance, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Didn't take yeah. on that client; it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. That's 100%. how you know it's the right decision when it feels yeah. good to say yes. no. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think there are a lot of people are scared to say no. I'm also going to say, scared. Kate doesn't do the finances in our business. I do. Yeah. Right. So, so she's Kate, like, so no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. I'm like, um, we've, we've got to pay those bills. This yeah. Week. <laughs> <laughs> Could we like just reflect on that? No. <laughs> and we do it jovially, but yeah. you know, like we, th- that's definitely a balance between us. Oh um, yeah. And that is a good sure. thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the amount of times, I mean, we've had it before in our business where We've said yes to something and we shouldn't have said yes. And Kate will have said, I told you, <laughs> mm. I told you not to say yes. And I'm like, but I was just like kind of worried about our bills. And like, I don't care. Like I'd rather eat baked beans if that's what I have to do mm. in order not to have done that job. Yes. And we've, we've learned and now we don't actually, if, if Kate's gut says no, we, we, generally, yeah, we, we generally have to walk away because we know that. Such a great position yeah. to be in. Mm. And I think it's only good for the rest of the industry because like you say, you refer on, mm. you build up other businesses around you. Yeah. There's enough work to go around, as you do say. Do you know what? 100%. That is, I think once people actually realise that, companies realise that there's enough work for everyone, or yeah. we wouldn't all still be here, mm. then it, it would be better. the whole industry mm. would be so much better for it. Mm. Um I feel like you guys must get a lot of um, feedback from other event managers, like a lot more than I do personally. I don't know if you hear a lot, but I know in the wedding industry it's quite prevalent that there's a lot of bitchiness going on. Is that where most of it is coming from or or corporate events as well? I feel a little bit shielded or uh, naive to, you know. I definitely think um, it's more prevalent in the wedding sector, absolutely, like, probably 85% more. Mm -hmm. I think we see it in the corporate industry and it's more so with other suppliers. So if we're working with the AV guys um, or we have to tender a package out, um, we might see um, that kind of, you know, Fort Knox mentality coming in. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. But weddings, 100%. I don't know what is wrong with that industry with that. Like I I cannot work it out. And I think for Erica and I, because we – um, have the other sectors, we find it much easier not to get bogged down in the messiness that goes on in the wedding industry. We don't um, have time. Because we don't. Yeah. Well, we A, don't have time, but also or we're a- able to um, 
we're able to go, we're able to see it as not as big a deal as perhaps someone who's solely in it and living it every day. Where and I, I would probably, if I was living and breathing it every day, would probably be exactly the same as them, to be honest. Whereas we can wa- walk away, and because yeah. I'm, you know, today I'm working on a corporate event, the next day I'm on a VM, you know, or the next day after that I'm back onto that wedding. I'm not living and breathing it all the time. I think that's a big difference. Mm, that's why it gets we toxic. can separate it a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know about you guys, but being at work is already. Um, you know, like everyone would agree this, it's already hard enough. Mm. Why surround it with toxicity as mm. well? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's just so much But then having than said that, like there is a group of us in the um, – a group of companies in the wedding industry um, that have connected and we openly talk. So we have, um, you know – dinners every now and then or we've got a, um, a, a what's it called an Instagram group where we we talk like That's we're great. like hey mm. how how I've got this problem how I deal with that and um god it might just be uh, like what's your recommendations on such and such so there is there are people that do talk in the industry um and that is in my our opinion helping immensely to mm. knock that idea of just catty kind of you know unfavorable um, attitudes mm. definitely um, that's good yeah that's what, awesome. are, what are your thoughts on um, Instagram posts I notice in weddings they tag everyone from the person who brought the fork to the dance floor <laughs> yeah. to the florist to the mm. I don't know lighting everyone in one yeah. photo mm. it seems to be 30 people tagged in it even if they're not appearing in the photo but they yeah. contributed to the wedding what are your thoughts on that? We laugh about this quite a bit, don't we? <laughs> well, I am one of those people. Well, probably. But do you know why? Because because the wedding industry is a little bit more fragile in its getting offended quickly. Mm. We tend to tag everyone, but we were Erica and I were only discussing the uh, like a couple of weeks back. If I can't see them in the picture, why are we tagging them? Yeah. We've had that conversation, yeah. haven't we? And then we we're like, oh, it's just easier. Let's just tag them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I, you're going to get a backlash. Because we're going to get a backlash. Yeah, mm. I'm going to be like, well, this was, you know, I was on this wedding too, and you're like, mm, yeah, but you can't see. Well, your, I saw a thing on mm. social media recently ranting about it though. I don't, can't remember who posted it, but it was like. Do not tag us if we are not shown in that photo because, mm. do you know, we get all the notifications for every single comment and then we miss actual Ours, engagement yeah. from mm. our company. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really, really, yeah, interesting. And it was a, a really big rant with the mm. – like professionally done but yeah. still. Was, was that weddings? No, it was yeah. just – it might not have even been Perth specific but it's obviously a problem because yeah. people are saying enough is enough. Stop tagging me if you can't even see what I did on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so it could be, like you said, someone delivered a $50 order for forks. Mm. Like you don't really need to be in on that. I don't know. I think also – I think the credit thing is twofold. I think one is there's a team that help us make magic. Mm. Um, I think that's probably why we credit um, most people in – I, we only credit if you're in the image. Mm. Obviously, we credit the team in the in the bio mm. part, whatever it's called, uh, comment section. Mm. Um, but that's one reason why we do it. Um, and the second reason um, is just the the idea behind the, the cross promotion. So mm. that whole um, if there's ten people and they're all really excited and really pleased with the end result and they want to share it. Um, that gets shared 
to their audience um, and in turn we're seen for that. So um, mm. I get really annoyed when I'm not credited when I'm the lead, um, like you guys would if you weren't credited of something that's your IP and, and your intellectual property. We, if, It's kind of why we do it because you can't kind of not tell us you know show the people who are the creative directors or the event managers or whatever it might be so yeah it's kind of twofold for us yeah i guess that comes down to the lead consultant side of things Mm. more so when you think about it it's you know i like if you had for example one of your events tagged by let's just say the i don't know the lounge supplier but they didn't credit you you'd be pretty annoyed. I mean, I know I would be. I would be like, ah, uh, that was my event <laughs> that <laughs> I that I created and I managed and why am I not mentioned in this? Um, so, yeah, I just think it's just one of those, again, one of those messy, It is fine, murky because, you, yeah, you want like, to yeah. uh, promote community and, yeah. and like yeah. you said, to um, cross-promote and mm. build people up and give credit where credit's due. But then if you miss someone out, <laughs> you, yeah, you get in yourself trouble. in the and foot. You, and, you get so, and you feel so bad as well when you miss someone off and you're like, I mean, the amount of times... We do it to check. Levi all the time. I do it to <laughs> oh, Levi. <laughs> Poor Levi. Everybody loves Levi though. And he wouldn't even tell you off, no. would he? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hilarious. We um. tried to get him on the podcast. He's like, nope. <laughs> oh, he'd be good. He's he'd too be scared. So he's good. too nervous. Oh, yeah. He'd Love be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, what common misconceptions uh, do you think are made about events and the visual merchandising industry, which is okay. VM that yeah. uh, Kate so, keeps referring to? Players at oh, home. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, players, yeah. Sorry, players. Yeah, VM. Um, visual merchandising. Do you know what? There's not a lot of misconceptions that sit in and around that well, sector. Not that we're that open we're to. Not, yeah, we don't really. But if events. I think the gro- like the greatest and the grossest misconception is that there's somehow it's a glamorous industry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyone sure. else agree with that? Yeah. I, I always Is laugh. everyone in here wearing sneakers? No, you're not. Oh, they're nice new boots. <laughs> yeah, they are nice new boots. Thanks. <laughs> um, I I laugh when people always say to me, oh, my God, you must love your job. All those, like, <laughs> parties and events you get to go to and dress up. And it's like, oh, no, I'm the one sweating my ass off in the background. Yeah. I don't get looking pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I've get been my- here since 7 a.m. Yeah. It's finishing at 2 a.m. Yeah. I showered in the public toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I didn't even or have a shower. Tommy bath. In my car. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, with the uh, yeah. sink hand wipes. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's definitely that events are easy. Like yeah. there is yeah, nothing one, easy about the event no. world. And we always say this when people say, oh, it must be so easy. We say, no, 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 because you've got one chance. Yeah. You have one chance to get this right. Like the incredible amount of pressure mm. and, and stress that surrounds an event manager, um, event company generally, is that you cannot you can't redo. repeat it. Yeah. There's no redos. You, there's no redos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sure, we're not operating, you know, on surgeries and, you know, life or death. It's not life and death. So it, someone might not notice something that we'd notice. Um, but it's, uh, you know, in most cases, a lot of money that our client is trusting us with. And it's that one time. Mm. So I think the biggest mis- misconception is, is that it's, it's easy. easy and it's fun. And it's, glamorous. And it's so, glamorous. it's just so easy. It's like there, it's a bajillion working pieces that happen in the background. Yeah. And like, we might look all calm, like, but underneath, yeah. we're like frantically yeah. duck, running. Like to call. Yeah, we're yeah. running, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you're going like the clappers. Um, we shoot ourselves in the foot though, because we put all the calm, beautiful oh, yeah, energy yes, out. Like, don't we? And then we look glamorous. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But actually, yeah, we need to start putting up 
blisters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I vividly um, remember in a, probably about eight years ago doing this massive brunch and it was at a well, like a wealthy person's house mm. and he hadn't even swept the backyard. <gasps> so I'm here at like 6am sweeping his back veranda. I'm thinking in my head, do events, they said. It'll be <laughs> glamorous, they said. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like 40 minutes to sweep this yes. guy's backyard. I'm thinking, no. If people will turn up and be like, wow, you have such a cool job. Like, yeah. I, uh, I, I hate it as well. It's toilet yeah. checks too. Toilet oh, checks. Yeah. That's one of the toilet first things I teach my interns is like, when you go to an event site, you mm. need to go into those public toilets yeah. and check each and every one of them, make sure they're nice and ready for your yes. yeah it's yeah <laughs> so glamorous and um, yeah. um, most people wouldn't think that that was part of their job no but that event. adds to the event experience or Absolutely. actually takes away from degrades the, yeah. Degrades yeah. yeah yeah the yeah. event experience oh, it's all about the detail that's mm. why we do what we do yeah. everything is like the devil's in the detail everything's important mm. um from the moment a guest arrives mm. to the moment they leave every place they go needs mm. to be the same and i think yeah. You know, we're, we're big on guest experience like you mm. guys are. Mm. And yeah. people who don't get it just don't get it. Sometimes I, I'll be overthinking aloud with someone about a theme and how we embody it in everything we're doing. Mm. Yeah. And I've had people laugh at me and say, like, does it really matter? I'm like, you, it does. You yes, have no idea. Absolutely. And you won't even notice. You won't go, oh, that ties in with that at mm. the event. But you'll just have this holistic feeling of being immersed in yeah. the theme or whatever it's going on absolutely 100 percent agree with you well you know that person will probably say the next time they go to an event they'll probably go god the food was crap yeah i've waited ages for my drink there was no atmosphere the music way too loud you know all of those things are what we what we balance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah i think i just think it's really really um it's really, really telling when an event is bad. Mm. You know, you hear it straight away. But when an event is so good, mm. it's just praise. Mm. Well, that segues perfectly into my next question. Thank you. Oh. Oh. What is your most memorable moment at an event? So it could be really, really bad, stressful, could be amazing, blow your mind. And it doesn't have to be your, oh, your personal event. event. Mm. Could be um, any. Oh, no, we have heaps. <laughs> <laughs> We have uh, some great moments, but we have some. I want to hear a disaster. We love okay, a disaster you know story. We've we have got, a disaster. We've got a fabulous disaster <laughs> story for you. Excellent. Okay, so it was. We're still twitching the corner about it. <laughs> I still feel a bit sick when I talk about well, it. These we always say, "What we, we say? We'll never be as bad as." <laughs> yeah. These are these are the so great many. ones. I'm excited. So many. Okay, so. It was a community based event. Um, it was an opening of. Um, a very well-known brand. I won't mention that brand is, but it was a very well-known brand um, and it was in a shopping centre um, and our client had engaged us to set up a community-style event for the opening of this store. In the car park. In the car park of the new, this new shopping centre complex. Um, we had designed it. Erica had catted it all up. Um, it was all signed off by all the stakeholders at in, Perth. The, in the Perth level. <laughs> this is where it gets to the interesting part. So it's pouring with rain the night before the event, but all the fencing went in, all the banner mesh went in, everything, the car park was blocked off, all the traffic management put into place the night before. We arrived the next morning. Um, and After finishing it like... Three o'clock in the, the morning, morning. Four o'clock in the morning. Of course, not yeah. before an event. Yeah. <laughs> and so we arrive and there's this group of suits standing at the edge of the site 
pointing. And Erica and I were like, wonder what they want. Like, this is a little bit weird. And we're seeing trucks start to arrive that are delivering, like, the amusement rides and all of this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden, our client comes running up to us and says, stop everything. You have to lift up this site and put it over there. (gasps) Oh, God. (laughs) What, like three metres to the left? Yeah. And we were like, hmm, no. (laughs) We're like, um, we can't do work like that. No. (laughs) It's not on wheels. You can't just shove it over. We're like, so it turns Hmm. out that the local stakeholder group hadn't gotten the approvals with the interstate stakeholder group. So the interstate guys came over. They were the suit. They see that. Um, and they just point blank. Didn't matter that the spend had been incurred. Any of that, it was just, it can't happen. It was just point blank, get rid of it. Wow. Yeah, it was horrendous. Mm. So we're on the phone calling all our guys going, turn around, it's cancelled. You don't need to be here. And then we had to get rid of the fencing as quickly as possible so the poor guys who are today still our friends and work with us which we can't believe it um he finished at the four o'clock went home he'd already done like hours and hours like yeah full like days work full days our job yeah um had done our job kind of as a favor like fitted in because we needed it so quickly he drove back the two hours mm. Undid the fencing all on his own. Like we're talking meters and meters and meters of fencing with cyclone rating and everything, and took it all down. And then we had to redesign the entire activation or event to be on the inside of the shopping centre. And we're talking. It was raining at the same time. Yeah, and there's fireworks on the ceiling. It was just a a horrible, horrible experience. Mm. And what it taught us. It doesn't really matter how organised we are. Like we had overlaid the event on on the physical car park spaces. Like they knew the footprint. It doesn't matter how many checks and balances we put in place. You can't help what happens when after it's out of your control mm-hmm. and it goes to somewhere else and it goes up the chain. Um, so now we are like OTT about stakeholder, stakeholder sign off and who's involved and we ask it from the outset how many stakeholders have to go through when are they going to be and who are they mm. and what are the milestones because is that in your t's and c's did you change your t's and c's <laughs> yes. <that> one? <laughs> yeah. literally oh, it was horrendous was that was awful. one of our worst <laughs> experiences so, so would they have let it go ahead if you'd moved it three meters to the left um, or just they just changed their mind and said no. No, they if we could have picked it up and moved it, yeah. they probably would have let us go ahead. But the reality was there was yeah. absolutely no way you can pick up event fencing <laughs> and just move it. And our poor client, bless him, kept going, no, 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 just go from here to here. <laughs> and, and if anyone watching, I'm using my hands, but here to here. And he kept saying it and Kate kept going, we can't. <laughs> no, and he's we like, won't make why? it. Just because it's easy but to why? say doesn't yeah, mean it's yeah. easy to do. We, but why? But why? <laughs> and I'm like, because it's like there's like these are all joined together. So <laughs> physically like, impossible, well, dude. And, and each one of those weights are like 50 kilos each and yeah. there's 400 of them. <laughs> so by the time you take it all down and move it all, your event's finished. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah. it was, it was a, a horrible experience, wasn't it, that? <laughs> yeah. And that, that is why down. events is rated one of the most stressful jobs in yeah, the world yeah. after all the emergencies. 
Yeah. Because there's so many things you can't control. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. But we love it, don't we, girls? We love oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do love <laughs> it. We love the stress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. what, how many years ago? That was quite um, early on. So we're still here. So it must, it, it kind of be that scarring. It was five or six years ago yeah. now. Yeah. 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 And you, you go through these. It. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You go through these things and you just learn and learn and learn. And that's why, oh, hmm. coming back to what you said before about people just picking up and saying, I'm an event manager, mm. experience is so oh, key. Oh, it is absolutely I mean, Mm. We still learn every single day mm. something else. Mm. Yeah. You know, like you know we, what, when people say, oh, you must have seen it all. And it's like, mm, probably haven't. I reckon yeah. I'll learn something tomorrow at my next event or I'll, there'll be something that'll be like, didn't see that coming. Mm. You know, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you have to be open to it because, my God, if we're not, and you, the minute you become complacent is the minute something will go wrong. Mm. Or COVID hits. Or COVID <laughs> hits. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But a lot of people often say to, um, I don't know if you guys get this, do you always, like, people say to you, oh, you know, like, do you still get nervous? And I'm like, hell yes, I still get nervous. And if you're not getting nervous, you don't care enough. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you are not getting nervous about your upcoming event or your next one, like, there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't be in this industry because you should be nervous. Yeah. So true. otherwise, you're not alert enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> your heart's that, not right? in it. Yeah. yeah. Your heart's not in it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the impact of COVID on your business? Have you, mm. are you just ready for anything now? That's pretty much what we're <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think, I think. Like every, I think like with every one in events, uh, we were very lucky because we had lots of different arms to our business. So whilst corporate shut down um, and everyone got very nervous um, and twitchy, and I still think to a degree they kind of are, um, not as much so. But because we then had, and obviously weddings went poof mm-hmm. straight like mm, yeah, overnight, two days, poof, yeah, they were yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, but because we had the installation side of our business, we had a lot of people coming to us saying, when these doors open in September, we want to be ahead of the crowd. We want to be the best of the best. Do something for us. It makes us that. So we were kind of lucky in that sense that we were like able to tick over um, and weren't affected so much. I mean, our corporate and wedding, absolutely, that it went into – postponements and everything like you guys all would have had and that was a big juggling act in itself and the man hours that went into that I'm not sure people appreciate what it takes to reschedule an event um I think you know is there's (laughs) and it's and generally unfortunately was a lot of it was unpaid work Mm. so you couldn't put a variation in for COVID could we Mm. (laughs) I'm so sorry well we certainly didn't you know I mean I'm sure some companies would have had to but you know, it's one of those things you like feel really sorry for your clients. So you do it and you re- yeah. postpone it and you reschedule everything and that's hours and hours of work. But mm. you know what we found so enlightening about COVID and our supply, well, two things, our suppliers that we work with, God, they're just great people. Mm. Like they genuinely wanted to do whatever they could to help. So when we sent an email saying, guys, it's looking at this date, can you do it? we'll make it work was the response that came back and that in itself just I think just shows the caliber of the people that we deal with in the industry um yeah that's beautiful yeah I really feel like they would just would do anything Mm. you know and that was across the corporate sector and our wedding sector um and then I also out of COVID I think I saw the beauty of our industry as companions like friend like friendships in the industry I think we got probably a lot tighter with a lot of our 
colleagues and a lot of our suppliers like you know because you'd ring them just to check in that they were okay or they'd ring us or that's in a funny meme mm. and that's you know that's such a lovely thing to yeah yeah to just be a part of something totally bigger yeah mm. bonding yeah. through disaster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly was that yeah absolutely mm. Mm. Great. Nice. Mm. and where can our listeners find you um, Instagram, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> so, Joe Events Creative Studio, um, mm. all one word. Um, and interestingly, Pinterest is becoming a bit bigger in our business. Like, mm. I don't know, I, we, I just let that little thing go and we upload our portfolio every now and then um, and surprisingly have all of this, you know, amazingness that happens out of Pinterest and you're going, well, who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so, true. It is yeah. a quiet achiever. I think it Australia is a, is a bit behind the eight ball because in the States it's huge yeah. and that's probably where a lot of people are looking as well. Yeah. 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 I think Australia needs to get on the whole bandwagon of Pinterest because it is yeah. massive. Absolutely. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's a search engine. So yeah. it's like perfect. For but I don't think any of us think of it like that. No. I don't know whether we have, and uh, we all should. I agree. It is an amazing, and it's amazing inspiration on there too. Yeah. Things that people do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We had oh, such good chat. Oh, no, thanks for having us. It was yes. a long one. We did. We got deep, but it was fab to have you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Now, you guys are really both passionate about championing. Champ. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. And I don't even have that that excuse that Tam's got. Championing. Championing. (laughs) (laughs) Who wrote this question? Championing. Yeah. (laughs) Justine. (laughs) Justine. Thanks, Justine. (laughs) I actually read your PowerPoint. It's very interesting. It's just the question I can't get out. Just change the word. Now, you guys are both... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs)